Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And we are back. And uh, Mark comes in the house today. We've moved out of my mother's basement. And he's like, hey, did you ever post the other episodes? <laughs> and I posted them to Patreon. Where you should go, patreon.com slash double dropkick. Best, best money you can spend in wrestling. And I guess I posted them there, didn't post it. So they're posted now, allegedly. And nothing's been happening, really, since we recorded last. Nope. So uh, that's it this week, man. So long for now. So, holy Toledo, where do we even start? I don't even. It's not, I mean, really, there hasn't been anything, anything, nothing's really been going on in the world. Right. Um, to talk about uh, nothing's going on in wrestling. Well, yeah, I and mean, things are pretty calm. Yeah, everybody's getting along. And, it's not an election year. Yeah. We, I asked you the question: like, <laughs> can you think of a year where so much has happened? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we. I think a lot of years, a lot of things have happened. I think, I mean, this is just my, this is not my professional opinion, but just a theory I have. I believe that it's possible that the advent of the 24-hour news cycle and social media makes it appear that more stuff is happening than it actually, is makes us aware of all the stuff that's happening, so it seems that more is happening than there used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but used to, like, you just sit down in the evening. You watch the local news, yeah, for thirty minutes. You watch the national news, national news for an hour, and you read the paper in the morning. Yeah, you know your local paper, and that was kind of it. If you were really up on things, maybe you, maybe you read a, a paper from New York or L.A. Or, or, or USA Today or something like that. But I used to think I was hot stuff getting USA Today. I, I don't doubt that you did. I when uh, when we first started doing fancy football, the there was no internet. So we, I had to do all the stats by hand, but I subscribed to USA Today to get all the football stats. So that was the only reason you were getting US. It wasn't to stay up to date on all the news and current events. I didn't even know they had. Um, I didn't even know they had uh, other news. I didn't. I <laughs> went in. Went right to the sports page. Sometimes they had something about a movie on their entertainment. I guess that was the Life page. Yeah. USA Today went from having four sections. I think it's just one section now. Probably. And it's all in one. I can't remember the last time I picked up and read a newspaper. Me neither. I hate that. That's a, you know, even my my father quit, uh, got rid of his subscription recently. He told me he's, I mean, as far as I can remember, he'd always sit and read the paper every morning. But not anymore. Not anymore. No. He's got it on his cell phone. You know what I hate is when somebody shares a link on social media. 
uh-huh. to like the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Anderson Independent or Greenville. And you click on it and you got to subscribe. You got to pay to read it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why'd you share this? Either you didn't re- either you sharing this link and you didn't read it. You're just sharing a headline. Right, right, right. Do you, do you really think people are just reading the headlines? I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> say some of them ain't even doing that. They're not even reading the entire headline. They're just reading the tone yeah. of the header. Speaking of the tone of the header, let's just go ahead. Is We're recording this on July the 11th. And I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. I want to hear your presidential election prediction. Not who you want to win. Let, I want to make some predictions. I want to get it out of the way. I want to be the prognosticators that just go ahead and bada boom, bada bing. My you, prediction? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I'm looking at third-party candidates. We got a third-party candidate from Clemson University, Joe Jurgensen. Uh, her running mate is a guy named Spike Cohen. How do you not vote for that ticket? A guy named Spike. Spike Cohen. How do you not vote for those people? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we will have an election. Maybe. I think half the people will be happy. No, no, let me rephrase that. 40% will be happy. With who won, forty percent will be angry with who didn't win. Twenty percent will never be happy, no matter what. No, I think you're wrong about that. Okay, I'm not saying you're not that the forty forty ain't right. Uh, it's that other twenty. Yeah, you say they're never going to be happy. Yeah, there are some people that, um, but I don't know what the percentage is that kind of fall in line with. George Carlin's thinking of, um, you know, you're the one that voted, so you're the one that caused the problem. So I do. I'm the only one that can complain. I didn't vote for anybody. So, so maybe it's forty, forty, ten, ten. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. <clears throat> yeah, there's another ten percent that just has to get up, and go to work every day, regardless of who wins these things. I'm part of the one percent who understands this election, or every election. First of all, if you tell me. I feel like Vince McMahon promotes all the election. This is the biggest election of our lifetime. Well, if every election is the basic biggest election of our lifetime, then none of them are the biggest election of our lifetime. I mean, if it's the biggest WrestleMania of all time, then none of them are big. If every one of them, you know. The greatest spectacle in human history. That's right. That's a terrible Vince McMahon. It is. But I'm intentionally doing a bad Vince McMahon. Because Bruce Pritchard, he's got the corner on the good Vince McMahon. He's a good impressionationist or whatever, (laughs) impersonator. when, When I got to see his live show, that was like the, that's what I went for. Like, I don't even care what stories you tell, just do. And they had like, the faces on the sticks and he would put the face and he would do the voice and it was good. I don't have the faces on the sticks. I just have the voices huh. and all the voices are in my head. Yep. Mine too. <laughs> we did just eat a big lunch. Shout out to pizza and more of Easley, South Carolina. They do not get our highest recommendation as a 
a black smokehouse or a Sardi's Den would. No, no, they won't be. Uh, they won't be getting a ringing endorsement. Um, like a uh, Deaners might. Yes, yes. I guess Deaners is open again. I don't know what their eating rules are. You don't. Uh, you don't live over that way. Anymore. No, I have moved. I don't have a reason to go if you ain't. You. Uh, I live a lot closer to you now. So probably a little closer, but not much closer. So let's. So since everybody, we I I have a few notes here. Let's talk about. Let's talk. So full disclosure, we were going to do some uh, watch-alongs today, and my power went out. Mark got here. We started, you know, shooting the breeze like we normally do before we start recording. Power went out. Uh-huh. We think it's because. My Samsung television overheard what we were talking about, <laughs> sent a signal uh, to the Illuminati. Boom, they shut us down. But everybody's wearing, you know, a lot of debate about masks, you know. So I want to talk about today. I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Who are some of your favorite mass wrestlers of all time? Well, I thought you were going to ask me what, what I thought about wearing a mask. Well, what do you think about wearing a mask? I mean, it, uh, it's not a huge inconvenience for me. Yeah, I mean, you have to wear one at work, as I do. Yeah, yeah, I have to wear one at work, and um, and I wear them when I go do stuff. I mean, I, it's like a, uh, I think, and I may be wrong. It could be because I don't follow the world news about other countries. Yeah, it's uh, we're like one of the only, the only country that made a political issue out of like wearing a mask and social distancing, you know, whereas other, other people kind of just said, Hey, if we, you know, like we could probably get back to normal if we would do this thing. Um, people just for some reason don't want to, and that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. They got it right to do what they want to do or not do us. We're still, we still live in America. So. I, you know, my thing is I, but I, I, I tend to wear one. Yeah. If I'm, Going to the store, mm-hmm. I had to go to Lowe's okay. yesterday, wore a mask. Mm-hmm. Southern Wesleyan's provided us with masks. Yeah, They're I went grocery nice. shopping the other day, I mean, yesterday, and when you and I left to go get lunch today, I grabbed one. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, You know, I, there's I plenty of... I don't think of, it's a big deal. I don't, I don't understand the big yeah, deal. Yeah, I don't that. think, I don't think them, make, them asking me to wear a mask... Uh, I don't think the next step is coming for the guns. No, I mean, they asked me to wear shoes and a shirt. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Right, I mean, so I don't, you know. We have to buy car insurance every month. Right. It's the law. Uh, I had to pay taxes. Yeah, I got my taxes done yesterday. I'm a lot more concerned about that than I. Oh, we, (laughs) we. We carry government approved listening and tracking devices in our Uh pockets. Mm -hmm. You know. If you're, listen, yeah, uh, so, I saw a great picture the other day, it was Rey Mysterio without a mask, uh-huh. without a wrestling mask, but he had on a COVID mask that on the mask had a picture of Rey Mysterio in a mask. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Who are some of your favorite mass wrestlers? During, uh-huh. I'm talking, I don't want to hear Santo, and those really weren't our people. You know, they weren't during our era when we were watching. But uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. 
Yeah. I think watching him, you know, the style that he kind of helped bring to North America and us yeah. in. I mean, obviously it's gone a lot further than athletically than he's. He just retired. I, yeah. You know. um, yeah, I always think of him when I think of my favorite masked wrestlers. Yeah. He's And one of my favorite matches of all time um, was a double hair versus double mask match with um, – uh, those Gringos logos, Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr versus um, Octagon, Octagon and El Hio de Santo. Yeah. We, I think that we talked about that on our one of our earlier we episodes. Had, yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Anyway, it's an incredible match. I yeah. Mean, the, all the way up through um, – I, I finally got a DVD with it on it, but it doesn't have the post-match yeah. stuff, which I really wish was on there. Where Art Bar doesn't want to get his head shaved, but Eddie Guerrero kind of tells him like, "You have to do this. Like we, we yeah. this is a pride thing down here. The stipulation we yeah. have to, we have to abide by it." Um, and just watching those guys crying when they cut their hair—it's an incredible match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I go back. You know, when we first started. Matter of fact, we're coming up. I believe July twentieth. Uh, is the date, um, and I want to say 1985, when the the show aired uh-huh. with the Rock and Roll Express taking on the Russians. Yeah, um, Bo James on Twitter just tweeted about that, and that man brought back some really good memories. But from that era when we first started watching the Assassins, mm-hmm. um, of course they were kind of on their way out, but just. Uh, like Jody Hamilton, one of the most believable oh, yeah. he wrestlers was and, pro- yeah, he and was promos sinister. of all time. I, and one of my biggest – we've talked about this before, but it's so good. <laughs> you can talk about – like one of one of the great disappointments in wrestling was the lead-up. I can't remember if it was Starcade 84 or 85, but it was supposed to be Jody Hamilton versus Jimmy Valiant uh-huh. tape fist match. Yeah. And he did the promo, I feed this, you know. Yeah. Um, and, but, so, you know, right around September, October, you're getting those promos, and then the actual match ends up being uh, a tuxedo street fight with Jimmy Valiant and Paul Jones, and right. the assassin is in Jimmy Valiant's corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would love to go back and see what happened there. Uh, so, you know, the assassins, um, Thunderfoot, Thunderfoot, I tell you about it. You can't beat Thunderfoot. Just, he would load that boot and <laughs> just what, now who was Thunderfoot? I don't know. I think it was a lot of different right people. I don't know that it was a, that it was one guy, but I really don't know. Um, the, yeah, I mean. I don't think he, he load that load that boot up. That was that was always fun. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't gonna beat nobody, but it was fun. I liked him when I was a kid. Oh yeah, no, no, he would. Um, you would think that the referee would kind of catch on. Why is this guy called Thunderfoot? What is <laughs> um, refs never catch on? I tell you, how about the Midnight Rider? I, I wanted to spend a good deal of time talking about oh, the Midnight you? Rider. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken originated in the Midnight Rider. I mean, this was something 
this type of angle was done multiple places, different places. But Midnight Rider originated in Florida. Uh-huh. He actually wins the NWA title, mm-hmm. and then they say, "Wait, a mass wrestler can't hold the can't NWA hold the NWA title, title so he has mm-hmm. to relinquish it." Um, just I when it brought it to Mid Atlantic, just a great, great, like just a classic example of getting one over on the heels, right? When everybody knows who you are. You know. Right, and they were able to do it again. You know, with Frank and Jesse James, yes, and Magnum and Dusty, and they drug Jim Cornette behind the truck. Now, what do you remember? Why they were wearing? I think they were just met, like they weren't, or were they suspended? Seems like they were, but I'll be honest with you. That's, you know, I'll never forget. I don't. I just don't keep up with it like I used to, where I'm reading about this stuff. All yeah. The time. So yeah, Frank. I remember. Um. Frank and Jesse James are having a match. Cornette's doing a interview. It wasn't. It, I was gonna say, was it? It wasn't when Magnum got suspended for slapping Bob Geigel. No, that was uh, Nikita Koloff. Yeah. That's when he got stripped of the U.S. title. And That's right. So they, um, so Frank and Jesse are having a match. Two jobbers. The Midnight Express go and jump them. Yeah. And Jim Cornette's in the back sill, and Mike's like, "They're gonna show them who it is." That's and he unmasked him. He's like, wait a minute, that's Tony Z. <laughs> and like while they're doing it, like Magnum and Dusty walk on to the yeah. the the um, uh, the the interview area or whatever. And it's just like that to me as a kid. Yeah, oh yeah, that's like what hooks you. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that stuff was fun, man. It wasn't nobody was out there diving over the top rope or cutting a bunch of flips. It was just they were. I mean, Jim Cornette was so entertaining. He made everything he did. Yeah. You got to look at the level of talent that was involved. Jim Cornette, the Midnight Express, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, man. that's Somebody posted a clip, and it may have been from 86, and it was was just a clip of the entrances. The Midnight Express coming to the ring, the Rock and Roll Express. Was that great song? Yeah. And then – And then Rock and Roll Express comes to the ring. It's just their entrances – and it's it's at some like civic center, mm-hmm. but it's just the look, the raw look and feel of it. Yeah, just the pandemonium. Yeah, just that, the crowd and the crowd. There's nothing. I mean, there's a barricade around the ring, but there's no. They're just walking up an aisle. Yeah, there's no nothing keeping the fans. That's wild when you watch the way I watched. Um, they did. Um, a deal with Ron Simmons on the WWE Network uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's called Photo Shoot, where they show them pictures. Yeah. And they kind of tell the different stories, and they'll watch clips. There's a great moment when when Ron Simmons beats Big Van Vader and becomes the first black world heavyweight champion. Yeah. There's a little kid Uh sitting in the front row. Yeah. A little African-American kid. Yeah. And he loses his mind. Yeah, yeah. Because he saw somebody, yeah, you know, something happened that he might have thought wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? And he just loses his mind jumping. Up. He's about to jump over the guard. He's so yeah. happy that Ron Simmons beat Big, Big Van Vader. I miss those kind of things happening in wrestling where where people have that kind of visceral, emotional response, man. It just doesn't happen anymore. It's because instead now – of having 12- and 13-year-olds 
on the front row with their dad. Yeah. You got 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings. Yeah. Because the tickets have been outpriced for a family. Right. But it's these armchair bookers. I saw somebody posted a question the other day. If you could ask Vince McMahon one question, what would it be? Yeah. And I was just curious. Yeah. I wonder what people would ask him. Yeah. And it was, why don't you make people do unscripted interviews? Why don't you let people be more? And I thought, not one of you mouth breathers thought to ask a man how he went from the trailer park to being a billionaire. Right. Nobody, you're not interested in that. I understand. Yeah. He had a leg up. Yeah. All right. His father owned one of the major wrestling yeah. corporations. And the, okay. Yeah. I understand that. But he still started out from nothing. Yeah. And became a billionaire. Yeah. He turned a regional promotion. Yeah. Into the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. Yeah. That's a pretty You're not big interested deal. to maybe ask him how? Yeah. What his thoughts were, how, did, how he marketed things. He, if you could ask him one question, you'd ask him why he don't let people do scripted, non-scripted interviews. Here's the difference between Vince McMahon and so many other people. Vince McMahon, in regards to WrestleMania 1, well, so many steps along the way. Vince McMahon gambled on himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at any point in time, it could have just gone under. You, but you can talk about the bad things Vince McMahon has done and, but the fact of the matter is the man sleeps four hours a night is a workaholic. Yeah. And he's been doing that mm -hmm. for 50-something years. Shoot, longer than that. Um, well, yeah, I guess maybe it is 50-something years. I don't know. And, like, why everybody else is in the back laughing and joking. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's he's sitting at the monitor, baby, cooking and smoking. That's right. And that's the thing is sometimes – Somebody put something under the armrest of this chair. <laughs> I don't know what that was. You need a blue light. <laughs> <laughs> Just stuck my finger in something. <laughs> That's where Drake sits, so it's probably yeah, some probably Zach sauce. booger or something. Might be. Hey, listen, you better hope it's a booger. I hope it's a booger, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you think back to... And wrestling's different now, and that's one of the things we were going to do is we were going to watch the eight-man tag from, from AEW Wednesday night. Wrestling's different. But here's the thing. Human human emotion is still the same. That's right. People are still the same. I just want to know, like, that's just storytelling is storytelling. Is storytelling. Being movies are movies, you know. There's only like six storylines you can even. That's right. They're like the base storylines. Um, but when was the last time there was just? It's like wrestling fans now we're so caught up in how we would have done it or d rethinking. We don't enjoy the moment. Right. Right. It's like instead of getting caught up in the emotions, like well, I wouldn't have booked that finish. Yeah, you wouldn't have booked any finish. That's the reason you're not hired. Nobody's paying you to be a booker, right? You, know? <laughs> you don't. You know, I don't. I say it just because you watch NASCAR. That don't make you a mechanic. 
Or a driver. Or a driver. Right. But I think social media and everything has – there's a platform for everybody to share their opinion about everything. Yep. And most of them are kind of – we're finding out that the thing about opinions is true. Everybody's got one, and most of them do stink. Yeah. And I think it's very easy. You and I were talking about this earlier. We get bombarded with all these opinions and all these articles and – the back and the forth, and it's easy to get caught up in that. And I've been very guilty of seeing something and wanting to respond to it. And uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson who says, why do you have to respond to everything? Yeah. Like, there's no rule that says. What What if I told you you could just ignore it? Right. And it wouldn't ruin your day. Right. And so, like, for me, so the choice is, well, I'm just going to get off social media and not mess with it, which for part of my work, I got to be on social media. Right. But the other thing is I want to be mentally strong enough to not be, you shared a great post. Uh, you you shared a great screenshot with me of, I'm not going to let stuff sway me. Right. And I that's where I want to be is I want to be mentally tough to where, I can see the most ridiculous thing on Twitter or Facebook and not spend 15 minutes trying to come up with a perfect response right. that just I keep, want. Just keep going. Just be like, you know what? I've I've unfollowed a ton of people on to. Facebook. It's been great. I've unfollowed. Like, I got rid of Facebook. Yeah. I got rid of Instagram. Yeah. I just kept Twitter, and I've just been unfollowing everybody on Twitter. Yeah. If If all you do is retweet other people's thoughts. Yeah. You're not... You're not right providing anything. You're not giving me nothing. If you got some original thoughts, yeah, I'm interested, man. Yeah, I don't care if it's if you disagree with me, right? I'm interested in hearing what you think, right? Because you might say something that I hadn't thought about, and yeah. I might learn something, yeah, from us disagreeing with one another, right? Go figure. I know that's a strange place to be, right, in 2020, and to, and to say, you know, I'm willing to listen to somebody whose opinion is not the same as mine, right. But that's how you learn, and that's how you grow as a person. But if all you're doing is telling me what other people think, then there's nothing that I can learn from you. Right. So I've just been unfollowing all all the retweeters. Yeah. If that's all you do, that's an unfollow. Retweeters are the same as walk-behinders. Yeah. You ain't when got you're a retweeter, you view, the view never changes. The view never changes, baby. Uh so back to Dusty Rhodes and Midnight Rider. What, that was a good segue. Uh, the James boys. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't necessarily consider. Obviously, Rey Mysterio is a mass wrestler. Oh, yeah. But to me, he transcended being a mass. Like, I don't. Cons- I mean, I, when I think about him, I don't think, oh, Rey Mysterio is a great mass wrestler. I just think, oh, that's Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the way it is with with Liger, too. And Ultimo Dragon is another guy that was way ahead of his time. I want to go back. He's somebody I want to go back and watch. Who, Ultimo Dragon? A lot of his stuff, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, he, the move from the ring to the floor has a lot to do with him. He's uh, created the Asai Moonsault. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where they stand and jump up on the middle rope yeah. and do the move. I mean, that was him. Yeah. Um, 
I think uh, like Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Junior. Oh, yeah. They're great. They're so good. I mean that whole you know the whole uh, cruiserweight crew from Nitro. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not Super Calo. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but uh, but that whole crew, man. I mean, just they brought a whole different style. I used to look forward to those matches because they were different. Right. You know, that was what them. was so great about Nitro. Is Nitro had different gears throughout the show. Uh huh. It felt like it had different pacing. Uh huh. At its peak. Yeah, when it was really good, when they had some top level talent there. Yeah, man, Nitro was a great show. Um, you had the really good storytelling stuff with the NWO and Diamond yeah. Dallas Pay. I watched that recently when when um, DDP was teasing joining the yeah. NWO, and then he hits uh, he hits the guys with the Diamond Cutter hauling ass. That was great, man. He got a huge, and he run off into the crowd, and it made him. Yeah. You know, I mean, that made him the people's champ. He was kind of already building that steam up, but that moment, boom, it put him over the top. Would you say DDP was about booked perfectly? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. The feud with Savage, well, I mean, and I think he talked about a series of matches with Eddie Guerrero. I talked about series yeah. matches with Eddie Guerrero. Um and then the feud with Savage that really prepared him for that next yeah. level. Um, and then not joining the NWO. I'm just saying popularity-wise and then building yeah, him up. Yeah, where you kind of built up and built up and built his popularity up. And then and, the and night he wins the title, no one. You know, there's four guys in that match. He's like. Yeah, nobody's the, thinking Diamond Dallas Page is walking out, uh, you know. Yeah, he was. I mean, he booked he. I mean, he was friends with the right people, and I mean, if you right, know, and that's got a lot to do with it. And, uh, but yeah, I always, I always like Diamond Dallas Page. I've yeah, never... I see him once a week when I do yoga. Oh yeah, <laughs> he. I mean, there's not many people in the world that can make you do yoga and not be mad at them. Yeah, he's like just so positive, hmm. and I think that's another reason. I mean, I know he's not a perfect person, but like, how you many think? people? How many people do you think? I mean, how many people have you ever heard like really talk bad? You don't ever hear anybody say, "Well, Diamond Dallas Page, man, he just didn't work hard. He was right. just lazy." <laughs> right. Rick uh, Flair didn't like him. I don't think. I've heard Rick Flair speak. Did Rick Flair like anybody? Didn't seem to. Be, I think. I think especially during that time. Right. Um, if you were a top guy or anywhere near close to the top, anytime somebody else started getting close to that spot, there was probably some animosity. It's just a different different wrestling business now than it was then. Yeah. Whereas you may, because you'll hear stories about Flair and Dusty were like best friends. Yeah. And then they were rivals and they didn't get along. Yeah. And then after that was over, they became best friends again. Yeah. 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 Same with Flair and Funk. They're, I've heard that about Flair and Funk too. They got along really well until they were contempor- until they were peers, and then once they were past that peak of their careers, they became really good friends again. I think if you look back, <clears throat> the guys who held the NWA title for extended periods of time, there was camaraderie 
a res- like you think about Dory Funk, Terry Funk, Jack Briscoe, Ric Flair, Harley Race. Um, there was like this brotherhood among them. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading. Um, oh, it might have been Terry Funk's, but you know, reading Terry Funk's book, Jack Briscoe's book. Just the grind of. I mean, basically, Terry Funk did it for a year and was like, "All right, I'm done." Yeah, like I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah, that's why you know Ole Anderson didn't want to be the champion. Yeah, you know, and that's why he didn't want Flair as the champion because he didn't have to. He could keep him on the road. He didn't have to deal with him all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. Speaking of Flair, leads me to one of my least favorite mass wrestlers, (laughs) the Black Black Scorpion. Um. Well, how would that have turned out if Al Perez had really been the Black Scorpion? Uh, probably not much better. Right? If it was anybody but the Ultimate Warrior, right? it was going to be a letdown. Yeah. Because that was the tease. Yeah. It was always in the wrestling magazines that they – and they were trying to make you believe it was the Ultimate Warrior. So they – Sting. They – that's why Vince McMahon gets upset sometimes with his talent going at each other on Twitter. Yeah. When you're setting something up that he has no intention of paying off. Right. They set something up that not only did they, they didn't have the ability to pay off. Yeah. That being the ultimate warrior. Yeah. They did that twice. Yeah. Before they actually got him to WCW. What was the second time? When they brought the renegade in. Oh, yeah. They, they said it. They made you believe the ultimate warrior was coming in twice and didn't do it. Until they finally got him, but yeah, you set you set a you set up an angle and a storyline that you couldn't pay off. So no matter who was under that mask, anything less than the Ultimate Warrior was going to be a letdown. Sting, remember Sibowitz? It was some kind of (laughs) Allison. Remember? Yeah. I mean, that was my like, but watching that in the moment. Leading up to the payoff, the match, uh-huh. that was a mind-blowing angle. Now, I'm not talking about when they did all the hocus-pocus. I'm just talking about the promos. Right. You're just like, what? Who is this? What could this be? See, I was not like that. Right? Uh, yeah. I can remember coming off of... Um, the the Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair and Terry Funk and yeah. Sting and all that and like that time frame of great matches, yeah, and, and really enjoying that. And then when they got to the the Black Scorpion thing, kind of going, eh. see, I what hadn't been paying attention because wrapped around all of that were like really good wrestling matches that were happening. Because see, that's right about the time. Wrestling, you know, it was on Saturday and Sunday. On re- I didn't have cable. And this is about the time wrestling's coming off regular TV. So I wasn't watching. I didn't have as much wrestling to watch yeah. um, as I did. And so I was missing um, I was missing a lot of that. Like, part of your – yeah, man, it's probably 89, one of your favorite years ever. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I really missed a lot of that, hmm. missed out on it, and uh, you know, I was robbed, robbed in my childhood. 
Because you didn't have TBS. I didn't have TBS. So you just got like that hour show on Saturday or Sunday. And the hour show was basically 15 minutes of it was showing you what happened on TBS. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, fans, we got a great clip for you right here. <laughs> We're going to show you right, right now. now. Um, and then you'd see, oh, well, dog it. I didn't get to watch that. <laughs> dog it. <laughs> Is that what you would say? Dog it. I dog didn't get it. to watch it. <laughs> dog it. Um, any other mass wrestlers? Why? How somebody's not doing, working all of this into, like, wearing a mask, a COVID mask while they're wrestling? I guess one of the referees was wearing it. Was wearing a mask. Doesn't one of the guys in WWE wear a face mask? I don't. I haven't watched Ali it. or something like that. He does. Yeah. He wears the thing. Yeah. I just ordered two uh, Under Armour masks. I pre-ordered them. They were selling. It might have been the Ric Flair website. They were selling Ric Flair, but the kind that go down around your neck. Yeah. WWE had them, but the Under Armour ones are pretty nice. They're, supposed, they're supposed to be made out of the cooling. Oh. The cooling stuff, we got them to take to Florida with us. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. If you had to wear a wrestler mask, if if all of this COVID, they said, all right, everybody's got to wear a wrestler mask. That will help prevent the spread. What mask would you pick? Huh. <coughs> would it be the mask the fake Undertaker wore? <laughs> yeah, those are cool. Those are pretty. It's cool. like a Phantom of the Opera mask. Uh, I like the Great Muda's mask. Mm. The one that he wears would be cool. What about the Vader? Does that count as a mask? The Vader shoulder pads? <laughs> yeah, that'd be way too much trouble, man, trying to wear that thing. It'd wanna, keep you safe. I wouldn't want to wear that thing. If anybody got too close, you could. <laughs> you are too close. <laughs> Yeah, those uh, I like the the Muda mask, and um, I was trying to think of some good. I like Pentagon. I maybe wear his mask. Yeah, Kane, Mankind. I, I just, think the Mankind mask would stink. Uh, all that leather. Just give me the old assassin mask. There you go. The assassin mask is uh, is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. What about, about you? Not no Excalibur mask for you? No, no Excalibur mask. <laughs> How about Dale Wilkes, man? He's a... He's a... Dude, he... Some of his masks were incredible. They really are nice. He sells... Uh, he sells replicas, but, like, his real masks... Right. ...that he wears, like, to make personal appearances. Yeah. Dude, those are incredible. I don't know how much he paid for those. Right. But those are some nice masks, man. Yeah. Very... I have a I have an 8 by 10 signed from him, and I got it home... And it's an inverted picture. He's holding his rookie of the year PWI black, and it's all backwards. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't notice that until I got home. I was like, hmm. I tell you, all of our plans got thrown up because we were going to watch the stadium stampede match. Yeah. The eight-man match. Not going to be able to do any of that. What about the Undertaker's last ride? We didn't. Let me look at my time here. That may be a whole nother episode. 
Yeah, let's save that for another episode. Okay. Mark, you already said, you already told everybody, you're off social media except for Twitter. Where are you at on Twitter? At the DDK show for now. Yeah, I, you know, I'm at Heath Mulligan. So, where you can go is patreon.com slash double dropkick. And if you, uh, pretty much every day now, since I have a commute where I don't just have to walk across a parking lot, uh, I talk about the stuff the wrestling Mark could care less about, and that's local wrestling. I actually need to show you the wrestling cards that I ordered, uh, the ind- the local independent wrestling cards. Oh, Let me just tell you, you always tell me to manage my expectations, and I did. I ordered these cards, and in our private patron Facebook group, I did unboxings. Had the lowest expectations I could have had. They didn't even meet. They did not meet those <laughs> expectations. Um, however, I want to see these cards. I just ordered the Phil Singer games, Legends of Pro Wrestling, because I wanted to compare the two games. Uh-huh. I've always wanted to play the Phil Singer games. You open up a PWI back in the day, Champions of the Galaxy. So I ordered the Legends starter pack, and then I ordered like PWX and some of the North Carolina. They did some of those cards. And I wanted to compare the two. But as soon as I opened these local cards and looked at the rules, I'm like, good night. This is like the hardest game ever. Hmm. Not as simple as the game Mac McGill and I devised in 88 and 80. I mean, that would have been 89 and 90. That we could have made a million dollars off of. Yeah. Anyway, but that's where you need to go. Patreon.com slash double drop kick. Who knows? We may record some patron stuff today. We may put all of our political talk on there. Where we talk about how we really feel about what's going on in the world. Hmm. Or not. Yeah, probably not. We don't want to get canceled. I mean, I'll say what I got to say. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me canceled, I would hope. But, I mean, I, I kind of tend to agree with a lot of things. But um, I just, I, f- I figure folks don't come here to hear that. No, that's right. You they know, want, a, we're you know, the you know, escape. Right. You know where to find all that stuff. I yeah. Mean, yeah. So anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, we're gonna. We wanted to talk about mask. We don't. I. I. You know what? Wear a mask. Don't wear. I don't care. I'm wearing a mask. I wear a mask. You know what? You don't wear the ribbon. He don't want to wear the ribbon. But I wear. I think a mask. if we. I think we should be at a point though where, like, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. Um. But I don't think you should feel – you shouldn't try to make people feel stupid for wearing them, first of all. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure that we don't – that you should get mad if somebody says, hey, I'm going to need you to stand back from me. Right. If you, That's fine. You don't want to wear the mask. You need to go stand over there. And if a business – I wouldn't let a guy get in an elevator with me the other day. Really? Mm-mm. He didn't have on a mask. Oh, I went wow. to get in the elevator, and he went to step on, and I put my hand up and said, I'm going to ride down, and they'll send the elevator back up to you. You can take it. He said, no problem. I said, all right. Closed the door in his face and rode down. You by yourself? No, I was with my wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, that's how we feel. Uh, I I personally think there's enough cool masks out there. I may wear one for the duration. Maybe. I kind of like it, man. I yeah. tell you, you and I were laughing yeah. about it earlier. I've been social distancing my whole life anyway. Yeah. And now to add another layer of anonymity to my walking through the world. Yeah. That's fine with me, man. I don't mind wearing a mask. Yeah. I kind of enjoy it, to be honest with you. 
because when you're wearing a mask, people don't expect you to talk to them. As exactly. Much. You don't have to a... smile at people. Mm-hmm. You can stick your tongue out after them, at yeah. them underneath the. Yeah. You can like say things about them, talk about and them. Sometimes and... the people that kind of don't know you very well, yeah, they're not sure if it's you. Yeah, from a distance, people don't. You can't recognize people from a distance anymore, and go track somebody down to have a conversation with them. I don't think you and I. I think you and I are never going to escape that, though. I think people can think, recognize from yeah, us from a distance. Well, yeah, when we're together. I think in a store, I could pick you out. Obviously, you, you could th- pick me out, right? And I could pick you out. What I'm saying is, from twenty, thirty, forty yards away, I can tell. Ask Mark Whitman. Well, I can tell when it's you by the way you walk. Yeah, I got that little baby you got bear that, walk. Yeah, you got that. You do got a baby bear walk. You got some shorts on. It's like you've been riding around on a chicken all day long. <laughs> a little bit of those skinny legs. <laughs> Going to break that chicken's back. <laughs> but that's good. You're losing weight, man. That's, that's good. I have been. I've lost about 30 pounds. Yeah, I can tell you. I have too. We're, we're like everybody. The world's on fire and falling apart. And you and I are bettering ourselves. Yeah, I, I told you earlier. I ain't had a. I haven't had any tobacco products in a few weeks, but I hadn't had a cigarette in five or six. This months. is the first recording in the history of the show where we haven't gotten the <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. I still get it though. Like I still have to clear my throat. Yeah, about once an hour. I mean, I still got that thing going on, but. Not like it, obviously not not bad like it was. The world is getting invaded by a lung-attaching virus, and Mark's lungs have never been clear. Yeah, man, that's what I tell everybody, man. My, my immune system is jacked to the gills Yeah. anyway because of some of the, you know, just being dirty. Like, I, I'm, I try to do things now to keep my immune system built up. The other day I had my, my cooler with some, some beer in it. Yeah. And I was going to make a margarita. Yeah. So instead of going to the freezer and getting ice, I just reached down and got the ice out of the cooler that's had the water in it for three weeks. Yeah. I just got a handful of that. Plus, it's got the beer that's been in the you know the grocery store, and I was all in that water, and I made the margarita out of that ice just to, just to jack the immune system up. Like, that's what's wrong with us. We walk around washing our hands and sanitizing everything all the time, putting out that back. So we've, our immune system's got weak. You got to get it strong. The other day at work, some roof water that's been sitting on a flat, stagnant roof and fell about 100 feet all the way from the top of where I work at and fell right into my eye. And I blinked and got it in my bloodstream because I knew it was good for me. <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> You hope that was water. This is what I do now, man. I'm trying. I like. I want, my immune system is strong, and I got them battle hardened lungs. These lungs is they done been, they done seen some things. You know what I mean? My lungs. <laughs> Mike Tyson ain't the only person my, making a comeback, is what you're saying. My lungs are like Nick Nolte and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> They done been there, kid. Oh, had, my. They done had an arm blowed off. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, boy, I got them purple heart lungs, kid. <laughs> my lungs got PTSD <laughs> from, from all the cigarettes I smoked. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, man. 
You can get Mark's latest comedy album on iTunes <laughs> and uh, PayPal us. So anyway, hey, this is what you missed. You just missed us. Doesn't matter what we talk about. It is what it is. We talk about the wrestling you grew up with, the wrestling you need to watch now, and stuff. You know what's funny is that yesterday we I called you and mm-hmm. just said, hey, send me your new address. Let's not talk about anything. Yeah. I'll just walk in. We'll start recording. Yeah. And I walked in, and we talked for about four hours before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went and ate pizza. Got some wings. The power went out. The power went out. Threw us off. Threw, threw us way off. So, yep, yep, yep. So, That's all right. I think we can get back to our schedule now. I think we can too. Somehow we'll figure it out. We got to work on that. But yeah, I mean, I I'm in a completely different job scenario now. But uh, as in, you have one you have to go to every time. I have regular <laughs> office hours now. Um, skipping work is frowned upon. Yeah, is that wrong? I got to tell you, if somebody told me that was wrong, I would have done it. I got to plead ignorance on this. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.